You're listening to the Mangroves to Mountains podcast, where we talk all things outdoors, hunting, fishing, paddling, camping, adventure travel, and more. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, my guest on tonight's episode is Bill Langer. Bill is a pioneer of filming, self-filming traditional bow hunts, and uh, a little glitchy a couple times. It's just we didn't have a great connection, but um, some great content, lots of laughs. Bill's a good friend. I've known him a long time, so I think you're really going to enjoy this. Thanks so much for listening. Ted, can you hear, hear that woman's voice recording? In yes. Progress? Okay. All right. I'll edit that out. Later. So, Bill, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Jim. How are you? Great. Great. I'm still in shell shocked. Back to school. It's our second week. Just finished. Yeah. Actually, start, we're in our third week now, but yeah. My wife and kids are in the same boat. I got to drive Billy back to college tomorrow and all the rest of the kids are back and Katie's been back. So yeah, it's that time of year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At least we're back in person. Are you, are the kids there in person? I mean, are her students, your wife's students in person? Yeah. Oh, yep. They're all there in, in person. Well, actually there may have been two or three students that, um, that decided not to come back, but they're with a different teacher now. Their school kind of, you know, made it so that there's a specific teacher for those that are going to be homeschooled or, or be on zoom or whatever you call it, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Or, or learn remotely, whatever you call it. Yes. Every district has a different name for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what ours is. <laughs> it's called a zoom, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So um, yeah, I wanted to focus tonight on, on your filming your hunts. Cause I think of you as like a pioneer of that. Um, okay. You know, YouTube is, is so um, flooded, saturated with guys filming their hunts, even trad guys filming their hunts now. But I think when you started doing it on, your, you know, when you had, well, I think you're still doing the DVDs, but um, you're definitely one of the pioneers. So um, can you, can you let me know, like, what was, what, what triggered that interest? Like for you early on when you first started filming hunts? Well, you know, the, basically I, I really enjoyed watching traditional videos which all there really was out there there was you know fred bears videos and the wenzels had some at the time and um you know this is just getting out of high school in the late 80s and then in the early 90s um i just started thinking more and more well i'd like to capture my hunts on video and it really was i wanted to you know help contribute to what was out there because there wasn't very much out there at the time like i said the wenzels were doing some stuff and you had the Fred Bear videos, and there were some old Howard Hill videos and stuff like that, some Pope and Young stuff. But um, I, I just I wanted to share, you know, my traditional bow hunting experiences with others. Awesome. And do you remember your first? Um, I assume you started filming the deer hunts, right? Or was that not right? Did you start filming the pig hunts, or what did you do first? Um, well, the the first hunt we ever captured on video was a pig hunt. Uh, it was actually at Nikki Ross, and this was in the early 90s, and my father and I were swapping back and off filming, and that's the first video we ever got on tape was um, a, a, a hog. We ended up uh, calling Bootsy because it had two <laughs> white front feet, Okay, and yeah. that, I, I, that's on YouTube. I, I resurrected. It was on an old Super VHS tape, and I, it's somewhere on YouTube on one of my videos, and uh, that's the very first one we got on tape, and then after that, my wife, the first whitetail, long, this is like three or four years before we were married, Katie filmed me shooting a whitetail doe um, on tape. 
so those weren't self-filmed. They were, they, you know, my father's behind the camera on one and my wife was, uh, future wife was behind the camera on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then. No, go ahead. As time went on, you know, the being able to get someone to sit over your shoulder just wasn't people going to school and working and wanting to okay okay can you can you repeat that we had a little glitch there so i I yeah arms and self-filming and all that yeah so you know the first couple hunts we captured were you know we had someone over the shoulder then you know it was pretty pretty obvious that you know people couldn't be around or wanted to hunt themselves so i bought a camera arm and started filming myself and um it really it came natural to me and i don't know why maybe because i had thought about it um that it, it seemed to work out all right and, and i've done pretty well with it and, you know you say i was one of the pioneers i, I kind of feel sometimes when i think back on it um you know i, I was i was self-filming before it was cool type thing you know no one else was doing it that i knew of yeah for sure you know, none of my friends around here and there was nothing on youtube and you know years ago i started putting stuff on youtube and then i stopped for a while because life changed and i just didn't take the time and i wish i had kept up with it, you know and of course i do quite a bit of it now and i, I still i still really enjoy it let me um i'm gonna let me pause that again sorry you there that's all right it's not okay so yeah i i when i see so many people video or shooting video for their films like self-filming especially but even like the hunting public and these guys like they weren't born when you were when you were filming (laughs) your hunts you know i mean maybe literally i don't know how old those guys are they seem pretty young but uh yeah so yeah so yeah and then then you started doing you started doing the the dvds and i think i bought them all um so yeah i mean it just i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this but yeah just it's funny yeah the first ones that i put out there were on vhs tape you know oh my god my first yeah my first three videos were on vhs tape i had uh swine fever um for the love of the hunt and then traditional adventures one all first came out on vhs holy cow this was in- did you lose it again yeah i don't know what's going on let me let me pause it sorry <laughs> i hate okay. that woman's voice that auto <laughs> bot voice whatever um yeah so and then um so tell me about what you're doing now, like on YouTube, the YouTube channel. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, still filming my hunts and um, I haven't put out a DVD in a couple of years now. And we've just been uh, concentrating on putting, um, you know, videos out on that. Uh, I just put out 10 to 15 minute videos and try to put just one or two hunts on it. And, uh, you know, the, it's uh, traditional adventures TV is what I call it. And I think more people are, obviously there's more exposure on YouTube than there is to the DVDs, you know? Yeah. It's, it's changed so much. I can remember you telling me that like maybe seven or eight, maybe at least eight years ago where like, you should really, cause I started filming my hunts. And I was like, you should really focus on YouTube. And that was, 
<laughs> it's yeah. the thing to do as opposed to trying to get dvds made and all that because they're kind of i shouldn't say they're dead but they're um they're not what they once were i still kind of like them but um no, like they have yeah no they're not yeah you don't see as many of them around and um uh youtube's the way to go especially for the younger generation the way i look at it too is exposing the younger generation the up-and-comers to um the lifestyle of traditional bow hunting they're not they're gonna go to youtube they're not gonna yeah. go to a dvd in my opinion you know for sure so yeah. yeah to get youth involved for sure or just even new hunters you know like late onset hunters whatever you want to call them adults that start hunting the way to go yeah, is that through youtube for sure at least now i mean in five years it might be something else but for now it's YouTube. yeah well the technology is going to change exponentially as you know each year goes on it's incredible you know yeah for sure i don't know how us old guys are ever going to keep up <laughs> <laughs> yeah well this is kind of a testament how to how well i'm going to do <laughs> yeah what well, it's working though uh, the um the, the thing also that was kind of unique about your videos, you got your, your family involved, like kid, your kids really young, like with, uh, I remember, I can't sure. I can't remember. What's your oldest son's name again? Billy. Billy. Yeah. Billy. He, I think he literally had like a cut sapling with like a, a piece of string and he was shooting arrows off. Like it was really cool. Yeah. Like a toddler. My father, my father started me like that. Yeah. Billy was a toddler and Benjamin we have Benjamin at like two years old. I think it's traditional adventures two. It's one or two, probably two. And he's, he's like a year and a half can barely walk and we have him stump shooting and yeah. um, ben, natural at hunting. You know, it's funny now that they've gotten older. Um, they're not into hunting as much. They don't have time. I'm hoping they come back into it. You know, they're the two older ones now are in college. Yeah. And those are the ones all really young, you know, shooting bows and, you know, literally saplings with little, some of my broken hunting arrows you know we take them out and <laughs> yeah they loved it you know did you measure those arrows for spine to make sure it was all good <laughs> foc Perfect. and all that <laughs> we spent a lot of time at it yeah 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 it wouldn't work otherwise right no exactly <laughs> and then kate kate's been hunting i've seen that um uh yep. with the trad bow too that's pretty awesome yeah when i first met her she she used to come with me and she would film and hunt with me and help me gut the deer and skin it and clean it and uh, package it. And she always said, I'm a lover. I, I just can't, I can't shoot anything. And then as time went on a few years, she said to me one time, she said, um, uh, I think I could shoot a turkey. She said, and I said, Oh yeah. She said, yeah, I think I could shoot a turkey. And I said, okay, well, we didn't do anything about it. And then, um, when we ended up, uh, getting our place in Florida there, she said, I, I want to start hunting and, and I'll, I'd like to shoot a hog. So she shot a couple with the bow and, um, this year she had some opportunities, but didn't get a shot. And she's real limited in time between teaching and the kids. And, you know, it's just, it's tough getting away during the winter, especially to be able to hunt, you know? But, yeah, for sure. I know the feeling as a teacher myself, but um, she did kill, a, she's killed a few pigs on video though, right? Yes. Yeah. Two. She's killed two, two. on video. Okay. Yeah. That's yep. great. Yeah. My wife, Mary Lucy, the other day or whenever it was, she said, um, I don't know if I'd ever be good enough to, to shoot something. Cause she thought about, I'm going up to hunt with Dalton Lewis next weekend in North Carolina. Yeah. She said, maybe I'll come. Can I sit in a blind? Maybe I could hunt. I was like, Oh, and then she goes, I don't know if I'm good enough to kill anything. Like, <laughs> have you talked to your husband? When was the last time you shot a deer? It's been like four years. Like, yeah, you know, an arrow. I mean, I kill a bunch of hogs, but like how, how you couldn't do any worse than I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you, you know, it's not easy. That's for sure. And it, confidence is a lot of it. And when you have limited hunting time, um, you know, it's hard to build that confidence, you know, and um, bow hunting is hard. It's still a miracle to this day to pick a spot on an animal and hit where you're looking and make a clean kill on an animal. I just, I feel so lucky and, and blessed, you know? Yeah. You have a knack for it, but uh, yeah, picking a spot, it's so easy just to shoot at the whole animal or like um, the outline of the animal, you know, high or low, but not, you know, focused on one spot where you have to have put the arrow. Um, and yeah. we all screw up once in a while, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's incredible. It's incredibly hard. And I think um, people that, switch over from compound to trad figure that out real quick you know that it's yeah. a whole a whole different animal i agree and that's you know like with my kids like you mentioned earlier starting them young with traditional equipment even if they end up going to a compound i think the discipline learning from traditional equipment um at a young age makes you a better bow hunter a better archer if you will mm -hmm. you know i've noticed you know um just like anything, schooling, anything you teach them, they're, 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 when they're younger, they're, they're, their brains and their eye, hand-eye coordination, um, they're a sponge. And it's much easier to teach them then and have them absorb that than it is as a person gets older, obviously, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was kind of um, uh, self-taught, <laughs> you know, I didn't have any mentors other than like the people you'd mentioned, like uh, from a distance, like Fred Bear and, and, um, the Wenzel brothers and videos and stuff like that. So a lot of what I learned was just uh, trial and error. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes a difference. It's a, good way, it's a good way to learn for sure. But um, yeah, it's, my learning curve was very steep, you know, still is. Yeah, I was lucky. My father got me started very young too. And I think that made all the difference. I mean, I was very, very young when I started hunting with him and shooting a bow and he exposed me to a lot of things, you know, running heavy equipment and riding snowmobiles. when I was, I wasn't even 10 years old and I'd go out riding with him and his buddies and they were almost 30 years old. And I'd be riding with them before I was 10. It's just starting off young. You just, you learn that stuff. I think a little easier. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And so the point is, you have young kids get them exposed early definitely yeah and then your dad is he still what are his plans for the for the fall well he's he's still hunting he's down to about 40 pounds now um he only hunts out of ladder stands or ground blinds he'll be 77 on our opening day which is a week from today next wednesday is the 15th i believe okay and that's 77th birthday and uh yeah he he drew one of the bow only areas i didn't draw this year so he'll be in there hunting himself and he's been in there scouting and um he's got some you know his shoulders at 77 your shoulders and your biceps stuff are worn out but uh he's still still shooting a recurve bow and doing well he took a doe last year and still doing well that's great um yeah. i remember i don't know what year it was when i came up and hunted with you um he was showing me the stand at the top of the hill in the snow and there was like a foot of snow and he had like he had two knee, knee replacements yeah. and i was like huffing and puffing i was like i gotta hold on hold, hold, dick hold on a second i gotta tie my shoe here what like he couldn't hear me like i gotta stop for a second and pretending to tie my shoe like catch my breath he's leaving me in the yeah. dust going up this mountain you know i'm coming yeah. from like eight feet above sea level so that's my excuse so yeah. he was you know grew up in the mountains but uh yeah that was impressive <laughs> No, he's done well. And, you know, he grew up where you hunted. There was the old family farm and he grew up there as a kid running around those hills with his brothers hunting. And uh, yeah, he's in really good shape, stays real active to this day. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about your um, 
your filming setups because i know as we we've talked about like people are so into it now filming their hunts um i i remember I'm, when we first met I, I had the camera on the wrong side of the of me like on the tree like what the then they're like well put it on the right side like can you just go into the, some of the details of that like some tips for for filming self-filming sure yeah i mean if, if you're a right-handed shooter you really want the camera on the right side of your body. Some trees and some setups, you know, and, and for me as well, I have to put it on the opposite side just because of where the game normally comes from or because of the tree or cover in front of you. But if it's on the right side of you and you got the ball in your left hand, you can manipulate and move the, the camera with your right hand and look at the, the video screen, you know, as you're moving it and, and trying to track the deer coming in. That's a real challenge. And it takes just like everything else. It takes a lot of, um, time and experience seat time to be able to do that um you know the the other thing is that i've learned to uh de depending on on each setup is different obviously but you don't want to have the camera zoomed all the way out or zoomed all the way in when you're when you're self-filming you want kind of a happy medium and when i first get set up in the stand i'll kind of pick the spots and shooting uh lanes that i have and zoom the camera you know to a medium um zoom where I know if they come through there, they're not going to look like a speck on the screen. And also they won't look so up close that all you see is a patch on their body, you know? Right. Yeah. And then they can move out of the frame so easily if you're zoomed in like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, I don't use any of the fancy microphones. I don't use any remotes. I keep it so simple. I was going to tell you when you first asked the question, I'm going to have some real boring answers for you. Everything I do is possible because as you know, it's, it's hard enough in the heat of the moment to uh, pick a spot and, and shoot an animal without the video camera. You add the video camera to it. And I, there's many, many people that won't do it because for them, it takes the fun out of it. For me, yeah. I, I prefer to have every one of my hunts be on film. I feel like um, something's missing if it's not, you know, but I, I've been doing it time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then what, what do you think, what's the difference between filming pigs and, and deer i mean i think i know the answer but what, what's your yeah opinion? yeah white white tail deer are the hardest for sure i would say um out of everything i've tried to film i haven't tried filming everything but pigs pigs are always moving all the time so that's difficult but if you're hunting over a feed source um uh you know you kind of know where they're coming like if you're hunting over a feeder you know where they're coming to if you're hunting over a water hole you know where they're coming to um but the thing about pigs is they're always moving and if yeah. you're filming yourself um, you know, depending on the, is the setup and where you're at, sometimes they can be difficult, but I would say whitetails are by far the hardest to film only because of their senses picking up movement. Um, uh, how do you feel? Yeah, I feel the same way as deer. Um, they've given me fits. I probably would kill more if I didn't film, but I'm, I'm not alone in that. I'm sure you've had plenty of deer you couldn't shoot. because. Yeah, oh yeah. Lost count yeah. long ago, probably, but yeah, I mean, I don't like to hunt high in trees because I fear heights. Plus, I have some vertigo issues. So, um, even if, even walking across the room, sometimes I have vertigo. But um, really? yeah, so I'm hunting more and more out of ground blinds, and um, then you don't have. To, it's really, I mean, they don't like. They're kind of wary of ground blinds, but I also don't want to be 25 feet up in a tree hoping they don't pick off my movement and. The last yeah. couple of years, I've gotten picked off several times up there. Those those deer in the mountains up there, as you know, are, are wired, and um, yeah, they could be 
on you know above you they start out above you and then they come down the hill that all of a sudden they're at eye level <laughs> and you have to turn the camera exactly. hopefully you have the camera rolling but then you have to make a shot and make sure they're in a the frame it's just yeah it's it's tricky for sure i mean pigs i've even shot some you know spot and stock with a with a tripod um yeah, you know yeah, if they're eating if they're if they're rooting you can you know you can get right up on them you know so sure. definitely a difference and i think this this weekend I'll be mostly hung out of blinds. But if if nothing mm -hmm. else, I'll get I know I'll get good footage. You know what I mean? I mean like get a great kill footage, or maybe they'll be wary of the blind, but you can get such good footage of deer um from a from a ground blind. They can't see inside of it, you know. So uh, I, a lot of it for you me. get away with a lot. You, you can get away with a lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. I I um I explain it to people, friends and family, and people who ask me, you know, just acquaintances, people I meet. The dedication to traditional archery is similar to the dedication to filming. You have to dedicate yourself that you're not going to be able to get all the shots and it's not going to happen all the time, you know, and that's, um, you give up a lot of opportunities hunting with a, with a camera and the same as with a recurve bow. You have to be dedicated and accepting a failure to be successful at it. And you, you got, you have to wrap your mind around it to get better at, it, you know? absolutely yeah if you have to kill stuff you should probably shouldn't be doing either <laughs> exactly if you well, absolutely that, have to kill a deer every fall you know there's a lot of truth to that that's 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 huge you have to accept failure yeah I, I have a friend uh that lives around here and um young guy he's like half my age he's an excellent hunter he's hunted out west he's hunted all over and he tried hunting with a recurve for a year he wanted to get into it and he just he couldn't do it he, he, you know, he missed a couple shots and had some opportunities where he couldn't take it. And he went back to the compound bow. He just, and again, he's an excellent, excellent hunter, but he just couldn't dedicate himself to the limitations of a recurve bow. Yeah. And then if you have limited time, then you're really, you know, behind the eight ball. If, if oh, uh, a guy that works six days a week and only has one day to hunt. I mean, yeah. it's tough to that, you know, I totally get it. I mean, there, there's nothing not a thing wrong with hunting with a compound i don't um you know it's still bow hunting um i don't i don't even want to get into the other forms of uh yeah. I, don't want to, I don't even want to call them archery but there's and even even like crossbows and stuff there's not i don't have a thing wrong with them personally as long as they're not an archery season but they're not i agree i agree a hundred percent i these these air bows coming out oh even worse know, yeah and these crossbows i have nothing against them but they have no business being in archery season you know having in a gun season where you're lit, like around here you have to have at least 10 acres during gun season to be able to legally hunt on well how if there's a five acre piece during gun season let a guy hunt during the gun season with a with a crossbow on five acres but they in, in my opinion they don't belong in an archery season that's meant for primitive weapons yeah for sure you absolutely know? yeah the air gun is that a thing up there i mean are those becoming no, I haven't heard any legislation trying to push it through, but the crossbow here, uh, you know, passed in one year. And um, I haven't heard anything about these new airbow guns or whatever the heck they call them. I've seen them in other states introduced, but not around here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, here, here it's so bizarre in Florida, as you, you know, there's a lot of strange things down here. But um, the, the crossbow season, as I understand it, actually overlaps the archery season, and, but it's actually a couple of days longer. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe i read that wrong but how does that make any sense i know it, <laughs> not only does it overlap archery it's actually two days longer um yeah yeah it doesn't make sense it's stupid yeah but um have you 
I was, I, my good friend, uh, Ryan Gill, he, um, yep. he's, you know, I've hunted, tried as, as if traditional archery isn't hard enough, you know, trying to hunt with a primitive bow. I know you've killed a couple deer or maybe several, I don't know, with primitive bows that you've made. Have you, have you gone yeah. back into that at all? Have you thought of it or? I have thought of it. Um, I've, I've taken a couple with, uh, I built three different self bows in, in my lifetime and, uh, two of them I harvested deer with. One was a, a five pointer, as I recall, and then a doe. Um, it, it comes down to time, you know, um, two of my kid boys are in college now, but I, I had four teenagers at one time and all of them in high school and, um, Good you God. know, big sporting events and all that. I just, I'm anymore. And then my father retired like eight years ago and I have three businesses of my own and I, Oh, you know, took over the business he started, the construction business. And so I, I've basically given up turkey hunting and I do very little fishing anymore because I want to be able to be in the woods in November. And so to answer your question in a longer about ways, um, I just don't have the time, but I, I would love to have the time, maybe in retirement, if I ever retire, to be able to build a cell pole again and build my own equipment. Because yes. I mean, the, the feeling of accomplishment and, and being one with nature and participating in the hunt when you build your own equipment it, the feeling was just incredible for me and then i did your dad also make a bow and take a deer with a he, he did he did he's um he, he's built several i think he's built a couple more than i have i want to say four or five and i can remember one deer one at least one deer he's taken with it with a stone broadhead as well now the stone broadhead he did not nap himself a friend of ours that's big time in the primitive, you know, skills uh, had made it for him and given it to him. And he, he took a, uh, he took a, a four pointer with that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. I feel the same way. Like at a certain point, um, since I plan on living to a hundred, you know, <laughs> 40 years of retirement, you know, to, to build self bows and stuff. But, um, I always feel like we ha we all have the same amount of hours in the day, but it, you fill them with different things. And I tie flies. I'm an artist. I'm an art teacher. I <laughs> do some fishing guide. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like you said, yeah. I have a son, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and uh, eventually I would love to get into that. And, but you, it's something you can't just do it half-assed, you know, you have to kind of just like traditional archery, you got to kind of dedicate yourself to it and learn, learn the craft. And I built some board boats. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And like, I like uh, Ryan. I mean, he's just, he's dedicated his life to it, you know, exactly. and that's yeah. what it takes. That's what it takes. And um, I, like you said, uh, it's funny, you get older, there's the same amount of hours in the day, but don't the days go by much faster than they did 20 years ago? Yeah. Especially, I mean, on, the, so, especially on the weekend. <laughs> you blink, you blink and it's over. I know. Insane. <laughs> yeah. My son's seven, he's a senior in high school now. So we're looking at colleges and it's like, where did that go? You know, I know. It's amazing, though? but um, yeah, he he's he's really into guns. He'll still shoot the trad bow, um, but he's like just into uh, you know, like weapons of war, basically rifles, like classic rifles. Yep. And uh, so yep. the last couple of years, he's killed deer. He, we didn't last year because of COVID. He, we didn't he didn't gun hunt, but um, mm -hmm. he didn't travel at all. But he's he's really into um, you know, hunting with a rifle and just being in the woods and. Uh, I love it because he lives with his mom in Key West and he always says, I don't really like the beach. I don't like water. I'm not really a big fan of fishing. I like the woods. I was like, yeah. that's cool. That's awesome. Like the woods. It's like, that's, this that's is the best yes. thing a dad, right? 
What's that? I said, that's the best thing a father can hear. Exactly. For me, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I want to be in the woods. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so proud. I remember filming that, filming that hunt on the dead horse there when he was trying to shoot that squirrel. That was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I forgot. About I was just watching it. Yeah, that was cool. Yep. They grow up fast, Jim. They grow up so fast. I know it what's your um let's geek out a little bit what's your setup for your art your bow setup this year so right now um last year and this year um I, i'm shooting a long bow. it's a long bow that i've owned for quite a long time it's a it's a black widow plx um it's 64 inch long long bow and uh it's 60 pounds at 28 inches of draw i was shooting that old uh, i had a black widow when they used to paint them black and i had mm. snakeskins I was shooting that for years and then all of a sudden last year I just the same arrows I've been shooting out of it for years just weren't flying right and it just all of a sudden became uncomfortable it's so odd I've had that happen with a couple other bows over the years huh. so I I went and grabbed the long bow which was downstairs and I took it out with the arrows that I normally shoot and <clears throat> just started shooting this is just before Kate's moose hunt and man, it's like I couldn't miss. It felt like I'd been shooting it my whole life, and I and I stuck with it. And I've been shooting it this year for the past month. I don't shoot year round like a lot of guys do. I used to go to three D shoots, but I usually start about a month before the season, and I only shoot ten to twelve arrows a day. And starting so young, it's like riding a bike. You never forget how to ride a bike. You know, I just kind of tune myself up again just before the season, and I do best only shooting a few arrows. So um yeah the longbow again gonna try it again this year and really looking forward to it and then and then what uh what arrows are you shooting out of that so i shoot the the carbon the 400s um and on the on the front of them they're like 30 inches long 29 and three quarters i think and i shoot the uh the wood's been 250 grain solid broadhead on that and i think the whole arrow is roughly i haven't waited several years but about 535 grains something like that yeah and um it packs a punch those uh, i shot wood and aluminum for years but the penetration in the big heavy broadhead up front is right small if you hit him in the ribs you know right yeah you're um what was the setup that you I don't know if the listeners know this or not, but you had a really good video of uh, hunting in Africa and yep. uh, that's infamous that like, really funny. Cause mad dog went with you, your dad, another friend of yours. That was, that's yep. one of the best videos you have out. But um, what was your setup on that hunt? Cause you killed it like an e Eland and yep. some just tons of African game. That was amazing. Yeah. Well, I took two different sets of limbs there. Um, one set of limbs was about, 68 pounds and i had a set of 72 pound limbs oh. and those were those were aluminum 23 15s that i shot at like 30 inches um with the woodsman up front and those arrows were if i remember correctly were in the 680 grain range mm -hmm. and i uh, penetrated especially on that eland i mean i shot him through both shoulders it buried in the opposite side shoulder That's and i'm drawing 29 at that time probably 29 and a half inches long i've shrunk a little bit as time's gone on here, but, um, yeah, I, I, I really like the aluminum arrows. I've had good luck with all types of arrows, you know, and I'm not a big tech guy. People ask me all the time about setups, three fingers under and split finger. And I, I'm the guy who picks up a, a 40 to 50 pound bow with reasonably straight arrows and sharp broadheads and goes hunting. 
you know, yeah. and it just works. And it, again, it, it all goes back to, I, I started at a very young age and it just, it works for me and it, you know, and that's what I enjoy doing, you know? Yeah. I, I heard, I'm trying to think of the famous art was an archer. So famous. I can't remember his name, but um, <laughs> he would, he'd have a quiver and half the arrows were mismatched and just didn't matter. Didn't yeah. matter. He picked the arrow, he, he put it on the bow, you know, draw it back, hit his, just pick a spot and hit it, you know? Um, yeah. Well, if you look what, primitive man and the indians hunted with we really have we don't have any complaints <laughs> we have modern <laughs> we have modern glass bows you know uh sharp laser sharp broadheads are those that can be easily sharpened with a file um although the obsidian heads obviously they're still used in surgery i believe i mean they you, you can't make them as sharp as you can split that rock but um right you, for sure that, that's the point that's the point that you made is um it's it's never the arrow it's always the indian <laughs> you know absolutely 100 percent. it's and it's all in our heads too i know when i have breakdowns i've never suffered through target panic i mean i'll have target panic on one or two shots but i hear guys that suffer with it for years and it's all in our heads you know yeah um you know you can say you're only as good as your last shot but you have to you have to put that out of your head and move forward you have no other choice you know just exactly. like everything yeah yeah it's 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 muscle memory and just con like especially confidence like you said if you, if you go into the season thinking um you, you know you're gonna you're killing something you're probably gonna kill something the other part of yeah. it too is is time in the woods i i used to keep a detailed hunting log for many years and the years this is no surprise but the years <laughs> i was in the woods most are the years that i killed most the most yeah. deer right or pigs or whatever and um you know just people life changes things happen you can't get into I think, much, you know i think you hit the nail on the head i mean if i if you know if if you had to put a bet on someone if you had a mediocre hunter that had some of the greatest land to hunt and five days a week to hunt and then you had the greatest hunter in the world on real mediocre land and only one or two days to hunt the the, the guy with more time and less experience is probably going to get more opportunities there's there's no argument around it i mean um seat time in the woods will make you successful now you you know i know guys in their 70s and 80s that still haven't learned a thing about hunting and a lot of young guys who are really great hunters you know so there is there are good and and you know not so experienced hunters but um time in the woods and access to, to decent hunting land is is very very important to overall success you know that's in my opinion for sure when i lived in iowa i you know i i was hunting at the time with a compound but now i look back on that i was like oh my gosh what was i thinking i should have had a recurve or longbow or something just because of all the opportunities i had in the woods and i had the time to hunt because i you could be in the woods 10 minutes after getting out of school teaching and then um yeah now i gotta really work to get into the woods so um but that's not going to be forever for now that's just my situation yeah well a couple times i've hunted out west in the midwest for whitetails and i'm like you know you hunt for a week and you're like holy cow how do you not shoot or get an opportunity at 150 inch deer every year you know i'll hunt connecticut for 15 or 20 years and, and maybe see a deer that's you know 150 to 160 inches um they're just, they're here but just the lay of the land is a lot different you know a lot thicker mountainous woods we're out there the deer are more concentrated and you have the the um the crops and so on and so forth and plus they don't gun hunt them during the rut like we do here yeah i mean it, it, 
in Connecticut, you can still shoot legally, I think, 13 deer a year. It's oh ridiculous. And, and like six or seven of them can be bucks. It's just, and we still have good deer running around. It's just, um, it's just rugged the, terrain. There's some rugged terrain. So that saves some of them, probably. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, in, in my opinion, in Connecticut, the, the uh, public land has been as good or better than private land for the past 20 years. And one of the biggest reasons is why, why is um, we have, we have large, gnarly tracks that the average guy parks and walks two to 300 yards in the woods if you're willing to walk half a mile to a mile the deer are there and the hunters aren't you know yeah but again down to having time after work if you only have an hour after work you can't walk a mile into the woods no you know no you're still not allowed to hunt deer after dark in connecticut no no not here not yet <laughs> not anywhere <laughs> hopefully never yeah exactly yeah, Mary Lucy always when we first met and I started hunting pigs, like, well, let's let's sit for a while, you know, on stand, like a double stand. Let's sit for a while after dark and then then deer season would roll around. Well, can't you just stay till dark and shoot one? <laughs> well, <laughs> I want to spend the next five years in jail on ten thousand yeah. dollars fine, sure. But you know, how would she know? You know, didn't come yeah. from a hunting family. <laughs> no, no, funny. It's cute, no, no. It is, yeah. <laughs> You got a you got a hunting story for us? I know you have a million of them. You have one yeah, of your favorites, I, or uh, what do you think? Well, I, the last podcast I did, I told about my hunt on um, on Kodiak Island for blacktail, which was um, that was one of my you know great greatest stalks sliding on my belly there. But I, I'm trying to think, I could pick another one here. Um, hmm. <laughs> you put me on the spot. I don't know. Pick a species or something. I, I don't uh, know. I mean, uh, let me think. Um, I mean, I, I guess. What about your moose, moose hunts? I, I really enjoy the moose hunting. Um, in fact, believe it or not, I'm going again this year as a subcommittee. I haven't told too many people. Oh, my a God. Guy, remember Mike O'Connell, okay? Of course. So Mad, Mad Dog Mike was good friends with a guy here in town that I knew fairly well. He used to come into our archery range, so on and so forth. And when Mike moved to Louisiana, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago, this guy called me, Mark, and he said, hey, Bill, you're really the only other guy I know in town. Mike's been my subcommittee on my moose applications all this year. Do you mind if I put yours on? I said, no, Mark, no problem. Um, I'd be happy to go with you. Again, this was years ago thinking, well, he, he may or may never draw. So about two weeks after the drawing this year, I get a call and it's Mark. And I'm like, it's kind of odd. I'm like, hey, Mark, how's it going? What are you up to? He said, well, Bill, I I'm calling to tell you we drew a moose tag this year. I drew a cow tag. <laughs> and I said, Mark, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> you, talk, you talk about luck. This, I missed one of my dad's moose hunts. I couldn't go on because of the workload that I had. This is like the, the, the seventh or eighth main moose hunt that I've only drawn once on my own. But I've drawn as a subcommittee on other, time, other times, you know. But we're talking... I mean, I've been putting in for like 30 years and, yeah. um, I That's just still good odds for up there though. Right. I mean, you get it going eight hunts. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. I don't, know, I don't know what I did in the past life, but, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, he's the shooter and I'm there. And to be honest with you, it'll probably be like the last day I would, I would take it with a rifle. He, he's adamant about, it. he wants to go home with meat, And that's why this year he put in for a cow tag. He's been putting in for a bull for years and he's getting up there in age and, he thought, well, before I'm not physically able to do it, I just want to draw a tag. And 
the state of Maine opened up some um, different areas and allowed more cow tag. So he, he lucked out and got that. So that'll be enjoyable. But getting back to the, the archery moose hunts, the traditional moose hunts, um, the year that my father and I, in fact, the first time I drew, I drew as a subcommittee and my father drew on his own. And we drew in the same year and it was two different um, weeks. I had the first week in September. So we went up on my hunt. And uh, back then, the moose population was just insane in Maine. I mean, you, you'd, it, it was nothing to see 25 to 30 moose in a day and wow. four or five decent bulls. That's changed with the winter tick and the winter kill up there. That's changed um, in the past 15 years. It hasn't been, been that good. But back then, getting back to that, I drew. My father came along with me. He was filming. Um, it was a real rainy week. On the third day, I shot my moose. Um, we, we, there's some video of it on, on YouTube. Basically, we, were, we, would, we had some tree stands and stuff we'd set up and call in the morning. And then midday, we would drive and just, uh, you know, drive to uh, different clear cuts and make a few calls there. Well, we were driving from one clear cut to another and a cow and two bulls crossed the road several hundred yards in front of us down the road. So we stopped the truck, jogged down the road. And some of that's on video. And um, came around a corner into the cut. There was like some trees lining the road and we came around the corner into the cut and uh, there was the, the cow and two bulls. And this is now the third day of the hunt. And so uh, uh, Eldon, the guy we were hunting with, made a few calls and kind of turned my bull towards me. And I drew back, hit anchor, didn't think about yardage and shot. And actually, as I shot, you can see it in the video, the bull turns and lunges forward and ended up catching him back and caught the femoral artery. And he went about 250 yards up through the um, clear cut into the uh, 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 woods up on top of the knoll. And uh, when we got on his trail, it was like someone took a five gallon pail of blood and just poured it out through the uh, uh, cut down. You, I mean, you could, you could see it running for 50 yards in front of you. And again, this gets back to, um, it was just circumstance. It was a bad shot and I got lucky on it and caught the femoral. But long story short, we get up into the woods. I put another arrow into him, put him down. He was very weak by the time we got to him. I'd lost a lot of blood. But the funny part about that story was he dies in this like two foot of like this boggy muck, okay? And so we start skinning them out all with knives. And uh, my father, this is, my father was younger back then. I was a lot younger too. And uh, just before he had his knees done, well, the first cut that we took off was um, one of the front shoulders. And my father says, I can, I can handle that. I can carry that. So we strapped that to his back. And again, we're standing in mud up to our knees. He takes like two steps forward, loses his balance and falls flat in his back. And the mud just engulfs over the top of him. <laughs> We were laughing so hard. Uh, that, that was a funny part about that story. And it took us several hours to pack that out. Too bad you uh, weren't filming that. That would have been classic. Yeah, we, we, we didn't get that. We got in, in, in traditional adventures. One is when the video was on, but we didn't. Some of these videos, these, these classic or vintage vi, uh, uh, videos I've been putting on YouTube are include some of the footage that weren't in some of our videos because videos you know you're more time constrained oh yeah to fit material in so on youtube i've taken some of those bits and pieces that we never had before and kind of re-edited them and so there is some new stuff and some of the youtube stuff but after my hunt we came home for a week and then my father's was the uh 
beginning of the second week of October, as I remember, so we had the first week in between. Mm-hmm. We went back up on my father's hunt, and on the first morning, um, make a few calls. It was very cold, much different weather. We were hunting in T-shirts on my hunt, and now we're bundled up in my father's hunt, very frosty. And th- this is all on video as well. And what was unique about this hunt was we made some calls, had a bull answering. He, uh, he quit uh, calling back, so we got down after about an hour and walked down to the pond where he was coming from. And we're standing there kind of talking, and then all of a sudden we hear him burp back at the tree stand. So he had circled in silent, got underneath the tree stand. So Kenny Morrison was one of the, the guides that uh, we were hunting with, and he made a few calls, and this bull comes right in. And my father calls it the Polish pass-through. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> it's, it's all I can, on hear him, I can hear him saying that. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> If you go to my YouTube channel and just, you know, search one of the moose hunts, the bull comes in, my father places a perfect arrow on it right behind the shoulder. And the bull's so worked up. He just stands there, licks his lips, licks his nose, trying to get the scent of the cow. And then he just kind of turns uh, 180 degrees. So now his other side is shown. And by this time, my father's knocked another arrow and puts another good arrow on the bull a little bit farther back in the ribs, but still in the ribs. And the bull runs away with two arrows in it from opposite sides it's all that was just that was just a a memory and both hunts were just something you never forget you know that bull was close too wasn't it i remember it like really showed up big in the screen about 15 yards away real close yeah Yeah. and it was just amazing he was so worked up you know and you hear non-hunters talk about the pain with arrows this arrow hit that bull and he had no idea he was hit oh no it wasn't until the second arrow and by then he just knew something was wrong he didn't see a cow he had seen us yeah, yeah two died and he took off and that was uh that was pretty neat the polish pass through he calls it <laughs> that's a classic <laughs> i love it uh, unbelievable yeah. <laughs> any any uh so the moose hunt when is this the upcoming one when is that gonna be so that that's a cow hunt and that's uh october 25th through the 30th you know moose yep. okay yeah moose meat is so good i mean that's I mean, everyone wants to shoot a giant bull. They're so impressive, but the meat is incredible. There's no question. Like you say, the trophy's the meat, and moose meat is is the best um, that I've ever had. Uh, I've I've had eland over in Africa, and that was really really good. That was like eating a lean ribeye. Um, wow. But uh, the as far as North American game, the moose is is my favorite for sure. I hear axis is good, but I've never had that. I've heard that too. Yeah. yeah. And Sika, is it the one the one in Maryland in the in the, the marshes? It's Sitka yeah. or Sika? Sika deer or Sika deer? I'm yeah, Sika deer. I believe it's pronounced Sika deer. Yeah. Yep. They're supposed to be delicious as well, but they're all good. Whitetails are good too. I believe so. I love wild game. It's healthy for you. I love the taste of it. Absolutely. How about how about Kate? What what are her hunting plans? Anything for the fall? Uh, no, she drew the moose tag and got her moose last year and, um, she's concentrating on on school and, um, you know, this winter we may get, be able to sneak away. It all depends. You know, last year she couldn't get away during the winter because of course she'd have to quarantine when she got back for 14 Mm -hmm. days and that didn't work. So we may not get back down to Florida to hunt hogs until she gets out of school, which is next June. Um, but no, no immediate plans for her to hunt. She doesn't take the time to hunt whitetails and um, she's not as confident as she was several years ago, uh, hunting with the recurve. She doesn't just 
because of life, she hasn't been able to shoot it as much. Yeah. We, we then did build her a spear and she was planning on spearing a hog with it, but then she ended up not being able to go on that hunt. And then, uh, I don't know if you remember that video we put out, Emma, a friend of Billy's, a lifelong friend of Billy's, she speared the hog with it. Yes, so. I saw that. That was really cool. Yeah. So I have no idea how long we've been on because all the starts and stops. I apologize for that. But that's um, okay. You want you want to um, maybe maybe I could have you on like later in a deer season, like uh, sure. Yeah, well, I'll try to work out these uh, audio glitches. But uh, you want to talk? You want to mention your your website, Bill, and your YouTube channel? So if you if you go to BillLanger.com, um, you'll get to my um, boning website, which. Uh, it's traditional adventures, uh, traditional adventures productions LLC, and that um you can pick up DVDs there and T-shirts and some of Jim Bowman's um, music CDs. Very cool. And then your YouTube channel. You look for yes, traditional adventures TV. Traditional adventures TV, awesome, very cool. Well, Bill, thanks so much. I uh, I really appreciate it. We've known each other a long time. We've hunted together a bunch. <laughs> we need yeah. to do it again sometime. But no, uh, yeah. We we got to get together and hunt again sometime and um i always enjoy talking to you jim so i'd be happy to you know whenever you want to during mid mid deer season i'd like to find out how you're making out good luck in uh, north carolina yeah say thanks. hi to ethan in the game absolutely um, you should have fun get uh hopefully you get something on tape yeah, i'm gonna try you know that <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah okay bill yeah. thanks again i appreciate it yeah thank I'll you Bye now. take care Bye. -bye. Bye.